where my table is, so <laughs> get that real quick. No, it's also good. Like, I mean, I could have tripped on the way up. If you, know, you never know what <clears throat> Jason or Logan might put in the way when I'm trying to walk up here. My uh, my father, or yeah, my father-in-law, he loves loved flashlights. Um, we went through his storage unit, and uh, wow, uh, he loved flashlights. But they are they're kind of nice, aren't they? I mean, again, you can get people's attention, right? Even if we were outside and I had a flashlight on and I want to get your attention, I'd just do this, you know. And people would be, oh, Harold's over there. If you're, like, camping and you're out in the woods late at night, because, you know, that's what happens when you're out camping at my age. you got to, anyways, won't get into personal stuff. But, um, but then I can't know where, where I need to be. I, oh, there's the campsite. It also, like I said, lets you know what's going on. If you're in your house and the lights go out, you take a flashlight because you want to make sure you're walking around. It's your house. You know where everything's at, but just in case. You know, this one actually, I, I want to show this to you. One second. Look what else it does. Ooh, isn't that nice? Yeah. Wait, wait. In case you're out camping and you hear some music. Oh, oh, oh. Thank you. I got a little bebop over there. Nice. Interesting thing. Did you know that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've placed your faith in Christ, that Jesus doesn't just call you a light. He calls you the light. The light of the world. You and me. We get to be the light of the world. Go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to be in just a couple verses this morning, starting in verse 14. It's page 960 if you're using the Bible there uh, that we provide for you. And uh, let me just kind of give you a little bit of context as to what we're, what's going on here. So Jesus, he's, uh, his ministry has chosen the 12 guys that he's going to train. Uh, they'll eventually be the ones that he empowers to, to start the church. And so he pulls them um, to this hillside, we call it the Mount, and the Mount of um, Olives, and we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It's actually Matthew 5 through Matthew 7, so it's a, kind of a long message, kind of like mine. <laughs> um, and uh, so anyway, he's up there teaching. It's kind of an amphitheater, so if you kind of picture it in your mind, it's around him is this hill behind him, and it kind of projects his voice. But it's not just the 12 that are sitting there. It's actually a large crowd of people. So he's going to train the disciples, he's going to teach them some things, but a bunch of other people are going to be listening. And during these three chapters of teaching that he does, his purpose is, is help them understand uh, what a true follower of God is. And, when he, and you can read it for yourself, but as he goes through there, what he's doing is, he's talking really about a heart issue. You know, what is a person's heart? Because what a, what a, uh, if a person's heart is given to God... If they have this relationship with God, then their life is going to look a certain way. And so he's talking to the disciples. He wants them to know what it means to have a, a heart for God, a relationship with God. He wants the other people around them to know what that means as well. And again, Jesus is God, so he knows. And so if we ever really want to know what God thinks, we go to Jesus Christ to find that out. Now, um, as most people, even in our day, as the people that were standing around Jesus listening to him talk, 
a lot of them saw that a relationship with God which really wasn't something that you could have, um, but it was more of a kind of like, you know, your religion is kind of what made you right with God, or your nationality was what made you right with God. We, we have that today, even some that call themselves Christians. You know, it's this religious rituals or traditions, or some people will say, well, I'm from America, so therefore I must be Christian. You know, they won't say a Christian, they'll just say Christian. Uh, and so that's what these people were thinking. They were, they were Jews, and so they were the chosen people of God. And so they just felt like, well, just because I'm Jewish, I'm right with God, and I'm going to do the religious stuff just to make sure I stay right with God. And so Jesus wants to clarify these things, why God the Son came, Jesus Christ, in order to clarify for us what it really means to have a relationship with God. And, and it starts with our heart. And so that's the context of what he's teaching, but then he gets into these two or three verses where he describes for us in a very, um, it could be kind of annoying way, as I was in your eyes, but um, you know, it kind of gives us this real clear understanding of one of the aspects, um, what, it's, what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, we're going to jump right into it here. We, again, we only have a few verses, so I guarantee you it won't be a real long message, and most of you are going, oh, good. But he says this, so again, Jesus is teaching, he says, whoa, careful, the light's moving. You... Now, you can put your name in here. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, in fact, even try it in your head. Just kind of read that. So like for me, I would say, Harold, you are the light of the world. Wow. I mean, that's pretty good, right? I am the light of the world. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, your name put in there. You are the light of the world. This is a huge statement that he's making. This is a statement of fact, by the way. He says, you, again, follower of Jesus Christ, one who has placed your faith in Christ, you have a relationship with God, there's something very special about you, not because of you, but because of what God has done in your life, and that is that you are the light of the world. Not a light, the light. It has this idea that we possess a certain characteristic. And the characteristic is this light that Jesus is talking about. Now this is pretty cool because in our world, a lot of people are wondering who they are. They're wondering what their identity is. Even those of us who are, are Christians, because we haven't really maybe spent time in God's Word enough, that we're, we're wondering, what's, what's so special about being a Christian? What? What does this relationship mean? What's my identity? Well, we know the Bible says a lot of different things about our identity, and one of them is that we are the light. And it's the light to the world. Now, the, the cool thing here, here is that this is something that we are. So Jesus isn't saying you will be. He's not saying you might be or that you could be. He's saying you are right here, right now, today, the moment you place your faith in Christ, at that moment you became the light of the world. Now, how can that be? Well, part of that is this. In Philippians 1, we talked about this last week, I think it is. We got it? Oh, there it is. See? Wait. Oh, oh. Okay, sorry. Sorry, we've got to get back to the message. Put it that way. All right. So 
Paul is telling us this. He says, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, now we know that he is God, will perfect it or complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. And so God's doing a work in us, and it's through Jesus. And this, this work is at work. He is doing his work. We are the light, and it's the light of the world. We're going to talk about this uh, during our Christmas series. One reason why we're bringing this up now is to kind of get us ready for our Christmas series. But just like the first century, our world is an extremely dark world. I don't know how much you pay attention to the news. Um, and if you pay attention to the mainstream news, if you just flip on channel 13 or 11 or whatever, you're not really going to get what's really happening under the surface. They're going to give you stuff that's just kind of out there and kind of keep you you know, worked up on a political level. But we have an issue with sex trafficking in our world, in our country. We have, a, we have an issue with um, politicians doing stuff just to fill up their own bank accounts. We've got corporations that are funding and trying to get us as taxpayers to fund uh, transgender stuff that's going on. We've got suicide at the highest rates ever. We've got um, shootings and killings going on in our, in our cities that's spilling out into the suburbs. Our world is a dark place. You guys know it. You work with people. You know that there's a, a darkness, there's, a, there's a, a fear that's going on in our world. Many don't know that there's a, a different way of doing life. Many today don't know who Jesus Christ is. They have no church background. There's no sense of God in their life. And here we are. We've been given a, a responsibility. Because we know the one who's given life. We know who God is. We have that relationship. Now, before we go further in, in Matthew, it's important that we understand where is this light from? This, we are the light. You know, that seems pretty exclusive. Well, look what Jesus says in John 8. Then Jesus again spoke to them saying, same words by the way, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness. There won't be this spiritual death, this spiritual uh, misunderstanding. There, there, there won't be this cloud anymore, but we'll have the light of life. We'll have this spiritual life. And so Jesus is saying by light that he is the one who gives us and supplies that spiritual life, which then provides for us a spiritual understanding that we need for life, to, to do life God's way, to get through the things that we go through. Again, we talked about Joseph and, and how he navigated through life. Now, he was obviously lived before Jesus, but the fact that he rested on God, he relied on God, and he responded accordingly because of that. Now he, Jesus Christ, is in us. Now we have that light. We are able to uh, show that out. He's the one who empowers us. When, when you have a, a flashlight and you take the batteries out, or if the batteries become corroded, it doesn't work. The, the little lights inside, the LEDs, they don't shine because there's no power being put to them. But we have Christ in us. He is 
the power behind us. He is the one who shines through us. We're the little light that he shines through. And so we are to bring that spiritual understanding to others. In fact, this is what he goes on in Matthew 5 to say. So after saying you are the light of the world, he says, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And so what Jesus is saying here, there's, there's two things, two concepts that he's saying. Number one is, a light is to be seen, right? He puts the, the city on a hill. Why do they do that? Well, because as people are walking along, they can see where the city is at. They know the direction to go in. We lived out in Nebraska for years, and uh, we've traveled between Nebraska and Colorado, and on the eastern uh, plains of Colorado and Nebraska, it is just, it's dark at night. You can do a, a satellite look at night. It's just dark because there's no lights, because there's no people. You know, there's a little farm here, a little farm there, but they're miles apart. And so when you drive them down, you can see a glow in the distance. And that glow is a town because they got a bunch of lights. And it's the same thing that we are to be seen. We're also to be able to bring understanding. Just like a flashlight gives us understanding about the room that we're in and, and where it is that we can walk or shouldn't walk. And so with the, the, the city on the hill, God never wants to be hidden. Now let's start with that. It's interesting because throughout Scripture, you see he's constantly revealing himself, right? Letting us know who he is. So he wants to be seen. He's, he's making it so he can be seen. But the problem with uh, Jews' religion, the problem with religion uh, of other religions, the problem with a lot of Christian religions, those things that are based on, these, on religion, is that they are in, uh, they're hiding God. Because what they're saying is, well, God is, is too holy. He's too righteous. We can't really know him. So here, let's just do these religious rituals, and that'll be good enough. That'll be something that God will um, be pleased with. The problem is it's, it's hiding him. We're, we're wrapping him in these religious rituals, and it's hiding who he is. But when you think about it, God the Son came, God the Holy Spirit was given, and God's Word was given to us so that we can know who God is, so we can have that relationship with Him, so we can see and understand how it is that He wants to work in and through our lives. And God doesn't want our faith to be hidden. You hear this all the time. Well, you know, faith is a, is a personal thing. You know, I don't like to talk too much about faith, because that's kind of, you know, it's, 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 my, it's a personal thing. I have a friend of mine, every time we talk about his relationship with the Lord, he'll even say, well, yeah, I am, but you know, it's kind of a personal thing. And then he can just go on and do whatever he wants to do because it's a personal thing. What Jesus is telling us is that faith is not a personal thing. It's to be lived out. It's to be seen by others. It's to be recognized. As we're walking through life, people should see that we, in fact, are different. That we respond differently. That we make different kinds of choices. That, yeah, it looks a little bit out of place. Just like a, a city on a hill would look out of place if it's just a, you know, flat land. Going through Nebraska, having a big old dome of light that's out of place. We're thankful for it. So Jesus says it's not, it's not just about being seen, though. It's about bringing spiritual understanding. So that's when he brings up the house. 
that they, they have a lampstand so the, it lights up a room so we can understand what's going on. It reveals what's in the room. It reveals how the room is set up. It's, it reveals what needs to be cleaned. <laughs> um, I hate that about the light. Anyways, that's why I kind of like this because you don't really have to look in the corners and under anything. But it allows people to, to understand. It allows people to get things done. We love having light. And so Jesus came to give us spiritual understanding again, of who God is, how he operates. And he wants us then to give that out to people. And sadly, too many Christians, because they don't have that concept and understanding, because they don't, aren't really developing that relationship with Jesus, where Jesus is influencing them and pouring into them, they respond like everybody else. And so there's, there's nothing to be seen because they live like everybody else. There's no spiritual understanding to give because they don't know anything. And so then they live in darkness just like everyone else. People's spiritual understanding is darkened and it's blinding to that point. They're, just, they're blinded because they don't have the spiritual understanding. Here we are coming into their lives and we're to be the light of the world to them. And we get together as a church family and pretty soon we have a bunch of little LED bulbs and it's a brighter light and we're supposed to bring that to them. In fact, that's what Jesus says here in his last, this last verse. He says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and not just see your good works but glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now here's the deal. You're going to shine something. Everybody shines out something. We may shine out that we are gentle, that we're kind, that we're sacrificial. We may shine out and people may know us that we're manipulative or that we're selfish or that we're, we're angry. We're going to show something. But when we do good to others, the tendency is for them then to give us credit. Right? You've been in that situation where you've done something nice or you've just been doing things in your life and people will be like, man, you're such a, a good person. I, I've had this. You're so religious. They'll, they'll tell me that. You're such a, a good person. Or, man, you're really disciplined. Uh, you're really determined. And the temptation is to go, yeah, you know, that's, that's me. <laughs> you know, I've I just been really working hard and I've been really kind of, you know, it's my upbringing that's helped me get there. And I just, no, the, the responsibility is to do these good works to glorify, that they would glorify our Father who's in heaven. The, the word glory, again, we, we, this word is pretty broad. And so I, I read where somebody said uh, a good way to, to uh, define glory is that we influence for the good other people's opinion of God. Everybody has an opinion of who God is, right? Everybody has an opinion of who Jesus Christ is. Our responsibility as this little light bulb where Jesus Christ is in us and we're learning to be more and more like him, that we, we influence them and their opinion of who he is. And oftentimes, hopefully, we're changing that. So we point people when they say, man, and, you know, you, you're so honest, or you're so kind, or you're so compassionate. It's not for us to go, yeah, thanks, that's, that's who I am. It's to say, you know what, the reason why I am that way 
is because of what God's doing in my life, because of the relationship I have with Christ. Now, that's going to make you look weird. I, you need to understand that. They're going to look at you and be kind of like, okay, that's what I haven't heard that one before. I've heard a lot of other stuff, but I haven't heard that one. And so people are going to respond to that. People, uh, you'll catch people's attention when you do life God's way. And so when that happens, Peter gives us some good information, good um, advice. He says, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. Now what he's saying there, the whole sanctify Christ is, in other words, God is God. He's, he's the God of our life, your life and my life. I'm not. So when I sanctify the Lord, I'm putting him up as the God of my life. What he says goes, not what I say. I could disagree with him. doesn't matter. It's what God wants for me to do and to obey. And he says, always being ready to make a defense or to explain to everyone who asks you to give an account or the reason for the hope or this confidence in God that is in you. When we live life the way God wants us to live, it's going to come across to other people as a confidence because it's different. It's going against the flow. And it's going to look different to them. And people will respond. Some people are going to challenge you. Some people are going to appreciate you. But I'll guarantee you, both will question you. And you have to be ready with the response. You have to tell them about this hope that you have, this confidence that you have, what God is doing in and through you. See, Jesus wants we who have come to him to be out there, to be letting that known, to be showing that to people, to be bringing into this dark world this hope that he offers them, this relationship that he offers them. We're to be seen. We want them to ask. We want to give them spiritual understanding in response. So what's the, the takeaways for us this morning? Well, the first thing, just got two, but the first thing is this, and this is a daily commitment. Allow Jesus to influence you so he shines through you. What do I mean by that? Well, I wanted to reword it differently because I say the same thing. We talk about this quite a bit, uh, some of us. We say the same thing every week, but that's this, that we daily take time with Jesus in his word so that he can influence us. So he can change us, so he can fill us, so he can fill our minds, so he can fill our hearts, so he can give us the strength we need, so he can give us um, the hope that we need. I'm telling you, this week especially, I, and I'm, I'm assuming most of you guys heard about Bill and Jenny and their son Randy, who was in an incredible car accident, and he, God protected him. His body's kind of a mess, but he lived, as did his, his wife. He got married, by the way, some of you guys may not know that. Um, and so it was having those conversations with, with Bill, and Kim was talking with Jenny. I know some of you guys were, always, were also talking with him. It, just encouraging him and, and helping him and, and, and trying to be, you know, Bill, you've you got to do this God's way. And the need for him to, to be with Christ at that time and his word and just letting God fill him. And then I needed to be doing that here. Because I'm telling you, I was just emotionally drained with some of those phone, call, phone calls. Because, I mean, you guys, they almost lost Randy. And some of you know what that might feel like. 
And so we need to be with Him. We, we need to be with Christ. Having Him speak to us and having us communicate back with Him and writing things down and having these conversations. And the second thing is that we need to be seen by others. So what I want to do this morning, I want to give you some simple things that you can do. Some easy things, some, some wins. You know, we always want the easy stuff, get some wins going, and then you kind of increase the competition a little bit to get some wins. But let's, we just want to get some wins. So the first one is this. Yes, it is a shameless uh, promotion for the class as well, but the focus of the class, get back here, the focus of the class is to reach people for Christ. It is to learn some very practical ways where you can be seen by others, where you can share spiritual understanding with others, to share the gospel with others. Because eventually, it's not just doing good around them, it's, it's sharing with them who Christ is. And so, the class is on the 17th. And we've already got some people signed up. We need more people signed up. You know what's sad? When we do the classes, we have four. So there's a connect class, there's a grow class, there's a serve class, and there's a reach class. This class is usually, you start with a good number, and then you get a fairly good number at the grow class, and a few less at the serve class, and then the reach class shrinks. Why? Because people know, that, or they feel, that this is a hard thing to do. And it's not. Living out what Christ wants you to live out is not as difficult as you might think, and we're giving you practical ways to do this. So I don't challenge you to, to sign up for that. The second way to be seen is to invite. Invite your friends and family here. And when you do that for over the Christmas time, we're going to give them the gospel. So you don't even have to share the gospel with, with them, even though you'll be well-trained from the REACH class. But you know, you'll, you'll, I'll get to do that for you. And then you can have conversations after that. We've got two ways you could do it to kind of make things easy for you. One is the invite card. So the little the blue bow up there. So hand that out. You're at a restaurant. Uh, you're at the gas station. You're at work. Your neighbors. Whatever's going on. For us, it's the auto mechanic because we keep going back to the same place. And they're taking good care of us, though. So thank the Lord. Or a you've been gifted card. Now this one's a little bit, is a little, maybe a little more difficult in the fact that it's going to cost you something. And that is, that whether it's a restaurant or a drive through or, you know, wherever it is that you could pay for something for somebody else. And then you ask the cashier, hey, just let them know we paid for their meal. Just say somebody paid for their meal and then hand them this card. And on the card, it's kind of hard to see, but it says, like you, we know Christmas can be overwhelming, but at its heart, it celebrates God's greatest gift, Jesus. Please accept this gift as an expression of God's love for you. And on the back, it has our church information. And that way, if they're, if they're in need, if there are people who are starting to question things spiritually, if they want to know about, more about who God is, they'll feel comfortable, Lord willing, to come and be a part of our service and to find out more. So be praying for those things as well. You can, I should have added that in there as a third. Uh, be praying for our Christmas services. Because we put time into that and we want to make it something that people can be a part of and make sure you be invited people, inviting people. Well, like we said, we're going to end our service celebrating uh, communion. And communion, of course, is when we celebrate what Christ has done for us on the cross. And so uh, I'm going to ask Logan to come up, and as he does, he's going to be playing eventually here. But um, we like to change things up from time to time. 
Uh, a lot of times, I know when I was, the church I was in, I, um, we did communion the same way every single time we had communion. And so it got to a point where it's kind of like, yeah, and then they're going to say this, and then they're going to pray, and they're going to say this, and they're going to pray, and they're going to do this. 